Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sense of God, lift up your voice to the Lord this morning. And let's begin to appreciate him. Let's magnify the name of the Lord. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of adoration. He's worthy of magnification. Exalt his name. Extol his name. Lord God Almighty, we bless your name. We adore you. We lift your name on high because you are the highest. Lord God, we bless you forevermore. We thank you for all you have been teaching us in recent time. Father, we thank you for your word to us in this season. Thank you for the move of your spirit and the work of your son, Jesus Christ, among your people. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. We give you all the praise. We give you honor. We bless your name. We are again uh, present here this evening, this morning, to hear your word. We pray and ask, O oh Lord, let your word gain entrance into our heart. Let your word come with understanding. Let your word come with revelation. Let your word come with insight in the name of Jesus. Lord God Almighty, I pray that you will preach and teach through me. I pray that you will preach and teach through me. Let your people, Lord God Almighty, receive the depth, the revelation of your word this morning. Lord, may their life not remain the same again. Even as they disembark from this meeting this morning, they will be a changed person. They will be willing and ready to lay down their life for the sake of the gospel. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, ancient of day. For those who need your touch this morning, Father, touch them. Touch them. As this message will be going on, there will be healing. For every one of you present here, for every one of you listening online, those of you present here, healing will be going on in the name of Jesus. For those of you that are confused, you will receive light to know where to walk, the right path to walk in the name of Jesus. You will know what to do after this time. In the name of Jesus, thank you, blessed Father. Thank you, King of Glory, for the light. Yes, for the revelation of the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that is coming into the heart of your people today. Blessed be your name, Most High God. Blessed be your name, Most High God. Blessed be your name, Most High God. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, ancient of day. Thank you for your word to your people this morning. Oh, thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you for the inspiration. Thank you, thank you, Lord God. I bless your name, ancient of days. I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, Prince of Peace. Thank you, King of Glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord is good all the time. Um, we are still discussing on the subject, the cost of discipleship. The cost of discipleship. For some time now, we have been looking at the subject of discipleship. We started uh, last week, we started examining the subject of discipleship, who a disciple is and who a disciple is not. We have been able to establish different aspects of discipleship. And um, if you have been following us, you will find out that Jesus Christ never called his disciples by force. He only gave them the option. He only called them. The decision was theirs to make whether to follow him or not to follow him. I believe apart from the twelve he called, there were others too that I believe he also called at one point in time or the other, but they never answered to his calling. Praise God. They never answered to his calling. So we are going to continue on that same subject today. But our concentration is going to be on um, crucified with Christ. Praise the Lord. Crucified with Christ. That is going to be our sub-topic, right? Crucified with Christ. Now, before we continue in our teaching, let us once again turn to 
the book of Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14 has been our main test since we started this class of discipleship. Luke chapter 14. All right, let's start reading from verse 25. Hallelujah. Great crowds were following him. He turned around and addressed them as follows. Anyone who wants to be my follower must love me far more than he does his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers or sisters. Yes, more than his own life. Otherwise, he cannot be my disciple. I'm reading from the New Living. I'm reading from the Living Bible. Praise God. And no one, verse 27, can be my disciple who does not carry, carry his own cross and follow me. Praise God. And no one can be my disciple who does not carry his own cross and follow me. You know, the other day, uh, I told you that a disciple is a follower. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is a student. Praise God. A disciple is one who has been called to serve. Right? So he's a call to servanthood. A minister of God is one who has been called to serve. The word minister means to serve. Praise God. The word minister means to what? To serve. So that office of servants must be occupied by those called disciples of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. They are the one that the heart of the Father can be communicated to as pertaining to the matter of the kingdom. Praise God. So, if you look at the 27th verse, it said, And no one can be my disciple who does not carry his own cross. Over time, I've told you that the cross represents, firstly, it represents death to self. Alright? Death to personal self. To all your worldly um, possession, all your worldly pleasure. You have to die. So, it represents self-denial. Praise God. The cross represents self-denial. Uh, the cross cannot miss with worldliness. The cross cannot miss with selfishness. The cross cannot miss with the works of flesh. So we cannot begin in the spirit, which is the whole idea behind discipleship, and continue in flesh. Praise God. We cannot continue our discipleship in the spirit and hope to perfect it in the flesh. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, no one can be my disciple. No one can be a, no one can be a learner under me. Right? No one um, can be taught under me who is not willing to uh, deny himself of all his worldly possession. And that is where many of us are having um, challenge today because we are not ready to let go of what we have um, at our disposal. We are not willing and ready to let go of some things. But Peter said, Master, we have left all. So it therefore indicates that those who really want to serve the Lord of a true, they must have to leave all. Praise God. They must have to what? Leave everything, not some of the things. They must have to leave everything, not some of them. Praise God. Why? Because of where you have been called to occupy. Why? Because of what you have been called to do. So you cannot um, miss yourself with the things of this world and hope to be um, called a disciple of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So, you must give everything up so that you will be able to gain Christ. 
And one of the ways to do that is to take up your cross. And the cross represents self-denial, rejection, crucifixion of all that have to do with your personal self. Praise the Lord. So I told you this morning we'll be looking at what? Crucified with Christ. Now turn with me to Galatians. Galatians chapter 2. And I'll read verse 20. Praise God. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. Praise God. I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. I have let go of all that I have before now. Praise God. I have let go, go, I've, I've let go of all my, uh, all my certificate to give to me, all my uh, chieftaincy title, praise the Lord, all my positions. I have let go of all my erudition. I have let go of all my learning of the world so that I may be able to gain Christ. Praise God. I have, left go, I have let go of all worldly comparison so that I will be able to gain Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. My desire has been left to the world so that I can unify myself with Christ in his death. Why? Because the cross represents death. Praise the Lord. I have been crucified with Christ. I have died with Christ. And I myself no longer live. Praise God. Now he wasn't talking about his physical life because he was living physically speaking. right? But he was talking about the spiritual life he lived. Alright? The spiritual life you live that is now manifested in the physical. Praise God. And I myself no longer live. That is, it is not my own desire. It is not my, my own drive in life that is not controlling me. No. Who is not controlling me? There is one who is inside me, which is Christ Jesus. The one who I have identified with through his cross is the one that now lives through me. On a daily basis. So it lives inside out of me. So the me you see outside is not me. There is one living it. And that is Jesus Christ. Praise God. But Christ lives in me. Praise God. You see? But Christ lives in me. This is the life of the disciple. Praise God. The life of those who really want to go with Christ. That is why I said is crucified with Christ. Crucified with Christ. Nothing in this world again that is so daring to you so as to put Christ aside and pursue that particular thing. I have been crucified with Christ, therefore means I esteem Christ above all X. I esteem Christ above all earthly things, above all worldly possession, above all worldly accolades, above all worldly friendship and pleasure, even to my own life. Praise God. But Christ lives in me. Me that you see every day is not the actual me. It's not the real me. But there is one who lives in me. And that one who lives and walks through me is Jesus Christ. So, I am living his life every day. Because his life is in me and is at work within me. Praise God. Let's continue. And the real life I now have within this body is a result of my trusting in the Son of God. So, my ability to do anything at all 
in this life is not originally coming from me, but is coming from the Son of God, the one who I have put my trust. Remember, I told you, you cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ and not have trust. You can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ and not have faith in him. Praise God. What is faith in this context? Faith means that you have given up on yourself. Faith means that you have surrendered. You have recognized all your inability to help yourself, to aid yourself through the work of Christianity or your work with God. You have given it all up so that you can gain Christ. And the real life I now have, right? The real life I now have, the, the life that is at work within me, the eternal life I've started enjoying here on it, right? And the real life I now have within this body, referring to his physical body, is a result of my trusting in the Son of God. So the reason why I could even daily live my life is because my life take is stream, right? My life flow from my trusting in the Son of God to keep, to keep, rather, to keep my body and to keep me in the assignment that he has called me to do. So, my ability to continue life on a daily basis rests in Christ. My ability to walk the work of the Father is now in my trusting in the Son. Praise God. So, your followership, your studentship come alive when you unify with Christ in his cross. Praise God. So when we talk about cross here, we are not talking about the physical wood. It's beyond the physical wood. Praise God. Yes, the wood symbolizes the cross. But the real meaning of the cross is beyond the wood that Christ was nailed upon. Praise God. It is beyond what? The physical wood. That is the physical manifestation of what the spiritual is. Being crucified with Christ is not a physical thing. It is spiritual. Praise God. It is not a physical thing. It is what? Spiritual. It is not an emblem. It is not in dogma. It is not in symbolism. It is beyond symbolism. Praise God. It is in knowing of who we are in Christ because of what He has done through His word, death burial and resurrection. Praise God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. He loved me and gave himself for me. And he also expects me to also do the same thing. You see? He also expects me to do the same thing. He loved me and he gave himself for me. So, he also expects me to also do the same. How? Through the preaching of the gospel. There are many things I must have to give. Even up to the point of my, my giving away of my own life. Praise God. So, the earlier we start understanding these things, the better for us. The better for us. All these uh, works that we have in the flesh today is because we have not totally surrendered all that we have 
to Jesus Christ so that we may gain him the way we are supposed to. But I believe the Lord God Almighty is going to infuse in you and others who are listening to this message, who are listening to these messages across the internet. Praise God. Because this is what we have been called to do. This is the life we have been called to live. We can't shy away from it. It is a life that God really wants us to live. And I'm delighted to live that life. I'm delighted to lay down my life for the sake of the gospel. You too also must be willing and ready to also give up your life for the sake of the gospel. You must be willing to do the same. Through your identification in the cross with Christ. So, I've told you, many started their Christian work with reward at heart, not with service at heart. They came with what? What will I get? What will be my gain? That is what brought them into Christianity. And I've told you, if that is what brought you into Christianity, you have come to waste your time because you are not going to get anything with that mentality of yours. Praise God. So, you were called for service, not for pleasure or for personal gain. The Lord knows how to reward His people. But He doesn't want you to make the reward. Does He want you to make the reward higher than the one who rewards he doesn't want to make you magnify your calling than the one who called you. The one who called you is higher than your calling. So most of us were called by reward. We weren't called by Jesus Christ. We were called by reward. And that is why we are not willing to let go of what we have. And that is why we are not willing to lay down our life of the brethren. And that is why there is all manner of selfish ambition among us. There is all manner of self-centeredness amongst us. Jealousy, envy, malice, and all manner of works of the flesh. Because we have not been crucified with Christ. If you indeed have been crucified with Christ as genuine disciple of Jesus Christ, your life will change. Praise God. Comparison and uh, strive. Competitive life that many believers are living today will become a non-functional in their life. Will become inactive in their life if they really become true disciples of Jesus Christ. True disciples of Jesus Christ are crucified with him. Why? They are no longer living for themselves. They quit living for themselves. So now they have been identified with him through the cross. So not until we identify ourselves with the Lord through the cross, we are not yet ready for the service. All right? Paul said, we, did, we, 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 we didn't preach ourselves. We did not preach ourselves, but we preached Christ to you and Him crucified. Praise God. Christ is the one we preached to you. We didn't preach ourselves to you. So we preach Christ to you 
showing how he laid down his life so that you and I can be redeemed. So that you and I can be rescued from internal domination. Praise God. Now turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Praise God. I believe the Lord is talking to somebody here this morning. Galatians chapter 5. Let's look at verse 24. I'll be reading from the New King James Bible. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Praise God. Let me, let me read that with Amplified Bible. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, the, 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 the true disciple that belong to Jesus, the false disciples, they don't belong to him. Those who come on flag under Christianity to say what they are not, they are not with Christ. They don't belong to him. They only came for what they can put in their stomach. Okay? And those who belong to Christ Jesus, the Messiah, have crucified the flesh. Alright, what is the flesh? The godless human nature. Ah, praise God. Unforgiveness is godless human nature. Wickedness is godless human nature. Envy and jealousy. Anger is godless human nature. Self-centeredness is godless human nature. Comparison is godless human nature. Contention is godless human nature. Those who have been crucified with Christ have left all these things behind. Praise God. They have left all of these things behind. Why? Because they want to be identified with Christ. And Christ alone. Lord, open our heart every day to know you much more better. To know the reason why you have called us. So that we may live to please you and not to please ourselves. Or please our families. Or please our government. Or those living in our surroundings, our neighbor, but to please you who have called us. Anything that is done outside the rule and law and precepts of God is called godless human nature. So we can therefore say that every genuine disciple of Jesus Christ has turned off godless human nature and has put on Christ-like nature. They have turned off. They have put off godless human nature and put on Christ-like nature, the God-like nature, the spirit-feed nature. Hallelujah. With its passions. You see, all human passion is for them alone, how they can enrich themselves alone, even at, uh, at the detriment of their fellow human being. Greed is godless human nature. Conversiousness is godless human nature. The love of money is godless human nature. 
All these things does not come from God. And those who seek to follow him through discipleship must forsake all of these things. Not one of them, but all of them. Praise God. All of them. With its passions and appetites and desires. Everything you gain before, you have to lead them for Christ so that you can what? You can meet up in identifying with him through the cross. Praise God. Let's read with the New Living Bible. Uh, sorry. The, yes. The New Living Translation. The New Living Translation, NLT. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed. All right? They have pierced through their system the pain that Christ went through. All right? Because nail causes pain. There is great pain that is in nailing. When the nail passed through the hand of Jesus Christ, it wasn't funny. The blood in his hand gushed out. So during the process of identifying with Christ, your blood is also going to gush out, if not physically, spiritually, it must have to what? Gush out. Whether eyes can see the blood or eyes cannot see as it was in Jesus' case. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions. You see, there are many things that will, will, we ourselves would have loved to acquire in this world. There are many things we ourselves would have contended for, we would have strived for, of course, there are many things. We want to have cars upon cars. We want to have mansions upon mansions. We want to have friends upon friends. We want to have organizations upon organizations. We want to be known around the world. He said these passions, you must have to nail them. Otherwise, you cannot become my disciple. You have to take up the, your cross and follow me. And your, the cross of Jesus Christ will make you and cause you to leave and set aside all your passions. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. Because all godless human nature is full of sin. Praise God. So, anything that we are doing in this world that is not in union with what Christ says we should do as his disciple, he therefore proved that we are living in sin. Praise God. That is, what is, that, that is what the Bible is trying to tell us here. Why? Covetousness is a sin. Selfish ambition is a sin. Praise God. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. And crucify them there. <laughs> Praise God. Humility can only find expression in the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ when they have nailed all of their self. I mean, all that they are holding in their life as a trophy to the cross that they can follow Jesus Christ. Not until that point 
they are sinners and they cannot follow him. Man, that expression is very wonderful. Wonderful expression. Now look at what Message Bible says. Why still reading that chapter 5 of Galatians verse 24? Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone has called necessity is killed off for good crucified see he said everything connected with getting our own way so your own way is not your own way again the way is not the way of christ you remember what i read to you in the same galatians chapter 2 see the life i now live i am not the one living it but christ living through me right everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessity is killed off for good then crucified what the world called necessity is no longer a necessity to you god help us lord god help us spirit of god empower us let us not be hearers let us not just be readers alone we want to go deep we want to drench our soul in doing help us lord help us father let us really live this life that the bible is telling us this morning help us by your spirit within us to be able to really live what is written down in the scripture we don't want to be hearers alone we don't want to be reader alone Take us deep. Take us to the roots. That we may understand what you are saying. And not only to understand, but cause doing to follow. Praise God. The things that the world called necessity are no longer a necessity for you. The Apostle Paul said, we are full for Christ's sake. We are, that, that is who we have become. Why? The things we used to react and fight after, we don't do it again. Why? Because of the manner of men we are now. Praise God. Because of the manner of men we are now. Open with me to Philippians chapter 3. We read this some time ago. Philippians chapter 3. Let me read from verse 7. I'm reading from the King James Bible, the New King James Bible. Philippians chapter 3 from verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Now look at NLT. I once thought all these things were so very important. What were the things? The things that were written in the law. The things that were written in the law Please more of the flesh than draw you near to what? To the cross. The things in the law build self-righteousness because man couldn't keep them than establish their own personal law for themselves which they call traditions. 
I once thought all these things were so very important. Making it into the class of the Pharisees. Making it into the class of the Sadducees. The class of the scribes. The class of the eminents, the well-known. I once thought all these things were so very important. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done for me. Praise God. Now verse 8. Yet, yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish right as count them as what rubbish right the old King James version will say dung right as just like the excretor of um of a cattle or cow, as the case may be, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. It was that very poor. Now let's read with Amplify. That verse 8 Amplify. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the private priceless privilege what was the what, what were, were the priceless privilege the overwhelming preciousness the surpassing worth and supreme advantage that i have over those who i consider to be nobody praise god well let me go through it again yet furthermore i count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing world and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything and consider it all to be mere rubbish, refuse, right, dregs, in order that I may win or gain Christ, the anointed one. Praise God. I was looking to wait to gain the anointed one. And my eminence, my supremacy in the synagogue makes no meaning. My zeal in persecuting the church makes no meaning. Making it into the class of the uh, uh, the, the Sectarian make no meaning. Praise God. Holding streets to the tradition of the Father makes no meaning. Learning and going through the strictness of the law under the teaching and to, under the teaching and the tutelage of Gamaliel makes no meaning. That was what Paul was trying to say. I have spent time learning under Gamaliel, learning under. Reading all materials that were, that I could ever uh, lay my hand upon makes no meaning because none of them could make me know Christ. But now that I have known Christ, Christ have told me to put those things away because they are not the thing that matters. But I, Christ, is the one that matters. Praise God. The Anointed One is the one that matters. The Messiah, Jesus Christ, is the one. That matter. Now continue in verse 9. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness. I told you, you have your own righteousness, you have still long with the law, which is from the law, but that which is true faith in Christ, 
the righteousness which is from God by faith. Now let's look at amplifying. And that I may actually be found and know and known as in him. I want, you know, I, I, I want to, I, when the people see me, they should be able to identify me with Christ. That is what I'm striving for. Not having any self-achieved, not because of what I, I, I know or my, my, my position in the society as per se. Not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own. You know, I obtain this for myself based on my obedience to the law's demands. What, what, are, what, what are the law's demands? Ritualistic uprightness and suppose right standing with God thus acquired. Praise God. But possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the anointed one, the truly right standing with God which comes from God by saving faith. And saving faith came through Jesus Christ. Then he continued in verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. This is now my pursuit. Being conformed to his debts. Let's read with Amplify. For my determined purpose is that I may know him that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him because many disciples or those who are claiming to be disciples don't even know him at all. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly and that I may in that same way come to know the power at flowing from his resurrection which it's exerts over believers and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness even to his death in hope. Praise God. Now, Let's continue in verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Amplify. Not that I have now attained this idea or have already been made perfect. But I press on to lay hold, to grasp, and make my own, make my own of what he has called me to do. That for which Christ, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. So I want to hold Christ as his hold, holding me. Praise God. Verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, right? I used to count myself as one who have apprehended, comprehended, understand everything due to my self-righteousness, but I've come to realize I don't even know anything. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. My first class mean nothing. My second class mean nothing. Praise God. My air, my private jets mean nothing. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I have, I, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Amplified. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own. What, what, what is this man trying to make his own? Christ Jesus. 
that is what he was trying to make his own, not the certificate he has acquired in the university or the people he knew or the amount of money he had. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my home. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Christ is what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amplify. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ is calling us upward, not downward. All your earthly possessions, they are all downward, not upward. So if you want to get upward, then lay hold of Christ. Lay hold on Christ. Lay hold on Christ. Lay hold on Christ. And don't lay off Christ. But lay hold on Christ. Lift up your voice this morning and begin to appreciate God for the message you have received. Father, we thank you. We bless your name for exposing your word to us again today. Teaching us what we need to know. Help our life to be crucified with the Son on a daily basis. So that we may die to all our selfish ambition, um, selfish uh, pursuit, wrongful desires in the name of Jesus. Thank you, glorious Father. Thank you, Abba Father. The Spirit, again, will mean it upon this word in your heart as you return back to your various destinations this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. God bless you.